Hey, welcome everybody, wherever you're watching from. So great to have you with us at Generation Church. Wasn't that a great video from Pastor James and High Noon? So great to see their faces wearing their little GC Movement t-shirts. It was just phenomenal. If you're not familiar with us, we have a campus on the other side of the world in the city of Yangon, Myanmar. It's between Bangladesh, India, China, and Thailand. And uh, we're excited about all the work that they're doing over there to a country that is 93% boot. And they're getting people saved to follow Jesus Christ. Um, we're excited to be in our series called Essentials. Pastor Jennifer knocked it out of the park last week in our first talk on the essentials and in this series. And so we all have different definitions, of course, of what essentials are. And uh, as we continue to go through this COVID-19 pandemic, we're constantly adjusting and moving and anxiety and peace and what's going on and frustrations and this state and that state and this governor and that governor and all the different things that are taking place, but as well as the whole world is involved in this. And so uh, I'm going to do my best part today to bring us a message that's going to speak to the essentials in our life from a little bit different angle, more down my lane. And uh, next week, Pastor Isaac's going to preach a great message on essentials, but he's going to bring it in like the camping because he's all into the camping stuff. You know how Pastor Isaac is. Shout out to Pastor Isaac in San Diego. Everybody telling you love him right now on the comment section. want to encourage you to comment whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're watching from, and just, uh, you know, Shout back and forth at each other on the on the screens there. Let you, let me know if you like something that uh, we talk about today. But we all have different definitions of what essentials are, and you know it's a little bit tough for me to understand how a marijuana dispensary is essential and has been remained open, but yet churches have to close. And I understand the whole amount of people and all that kind of stuff. But really, what is essential? What is essential in life? Because some stores are open that I wouldn't deem to be essential in this time, but other stores are and other things are. And it's not essential and you can't go to certain regions or places, but now you can. And there's just been a lot of confusion and a lot of questions. So we always got to come back to the Word of God. We always got to come back to what we know God is saying in our lives so we can determine what our road path is and the direction we're going. But before we get too far let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit today. We thank you, Father God, that the Holy Spirit goes into every home, every place that people are watching around the world. And Lord, we just thank you that Generations Church is not just a church in a city, but we are a movement to the world. And we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit speaking to people today through this message that it brings hope, encouragement, peace, joy, refreshing, whatever they need, Father God, that the Holy Spirit would bring to people today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody shout at the other people in the room with you. If you're not by yourself, say, yeah, come on, Pastor Troy. So we need to understand that uh, uh, in, in our Christian life, it's, it's, it's the same with our Christian faith, that there are essentials in our Christian faith, in our Christian walk, that we must have in place so that when we are facing a time of crisis, like now, that we can stand, that we have our essentials, that we have our foundation, we have our foundation with him that is sure and unshakable. And Pastor Jennifer introduced this scripture, our foundation scripture for this series last week. It's in the message translation, and it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 27. It's going to be on the screen right here beside me. It says, don't so don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? 
His voice that uh, that time shook the earth to its foundation. This time he told us this quite plainly. He'll he'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, them stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk. Everybody say religious junk. So that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of us are getting some things clear and uncluttered in our homes because we have time to clean things and to organize things and to get things in line. So it's important that we have unshakable essentials that are foundational to our Christian walk. And I'm sure many of you could just start quoting and saying things that are essential to you. Many of you would say praise and worship. Being able to worship God is essential to you. Some of you would say prayer. Prayer is essential. Some of you would say family. Family is essential. Some of you would say toilet paper. Toilet paper is essential. Everybody's got their own, you know, what's most essential to them. But we want to talk about some of these things. This passage refers to a shaking. A thorough, like, house cleaning that gets rid of all the junk and what remains are the unshakable essentials. I think for this time that we've entered into, honestly, as a a church and as a people, this uncertain and never before time with this coronavirus, a time when countries and nations are, are, are clamoring and are, are shut down and are, are not sure what to do next. And unemployment is a, at an all time high, not just in America, around the world. People are facing these types of decisions and, 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 and struggles. And even it's like compared to the Great Depression of old. And so I just thought today, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sports guy and, I don't know about all you guys, but sports has been missing, and they're saying, hey, baseball might start, and hey, basketball might start with nobody in the stands. I don't know if that's really the way we want it or not, but they I saw that the UFC had a fight last Saturday, the first sporting event that we've had in uh, I don't know how long, six weeks, eight weeks, but sports are important. So I thought, you know, I'd bring a little bit of a sports analogy to our essentials today. And my message today I'm going to be talking about is called Halftime Adjustments. Halftime adjustments. Whether it's in football or in basketball or in soccer, there is a halftime. And it's a break in the action for the players and the coaches basically to repair, to refuel, to adjust, and to refocus and really get their head centered around what needs to happen in the second half of the game. And the coaches always come into the locker room with a great halftime speech and a great halftime like uh, game plan of how we're going to change in the second half. You know, I don't even really feel right in this jean jacket preaching a football message, halftime message. You know what? Um, uh, hold on. Just, hold on just a second. Whew. Okay, I feel better. I feel like I can be a coach and do my halftime talk right now. I got, I'm sponsored by Adidas today. And uh, kind of look like Pastor Isaac in his soccer outfit, as that's what I look like. But I want to talk to you about the four essentials of a halftime not speech, but a halftime session, what teams go through. Because every team that goes to the locker room at halftime, they've got to go through really four processes or four things before they come back onto the field or before they come back onto the basketball court. The one thing that they have to do is everybody has to repair themselves. The second thing that they do is they refuel themselves. The third thing they do is they readjust for the game activities and what they need to change. And then the fourth thing they do is they refocus. And so it's important that we apply those four things. So I thought today that we would we would take these four things and how do these apply 
to what we're really doing. And so let's just say, for example, that we're like at halftime of this COVID-19. Now, some of you are booing me right now. You're like, halftime? No, the game should be over. I agree with you. But let's just say, for example, that it might go six more weeks. It might go a while before church can come back together. We don't really know. We're waiting on all the statements from the governors and the people to make these decisions. So let's just, let's just pretend today we're at halftime, and let's look at how we've done in the first half of the game and what we need to do to be successful in the second half of the game. There are essentials to winning. There are essentials to competing in sports, and there are essentials to winning, and there are essentials to competing in life. The advantage we have, church, is we have God on our side. We have the greatest coach ever on our side. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. Amen? And so we need to realize and generally look at the best halftime adjustments come and we take control of the game when it comes out of halftime. If you if you look at some of the great sporting events of all time, it's like the one team's down at halftime, but then they come out of the locker room and something has changed. The strategy changed. There was some key in-game uh, adjustments and there were some key halftime adjustments that coaches made and players made. So in comparison to halftime sports, we need to look at really kind of where we are with this COVID-19 and really address some things that we need to look at as we are in halftime. Amen. As I, as I think about this, I think about some stories in the Bible. First of all, we got, we got, uh, David and, uh, we got Daniel in the lion's den and we got, we got Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We got all kinds of things where the country was coming and saying, you can't do this. You can't do that. And they stood up for what they believed. And we could look at a lot of scriptures, and we could look at a lot of stories in the Old Testament. But the, the one that kind of jumped out to me is a famous, famous uh, scripture is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And right here we see the Israelites, and the Israelites, of course, are in fear because the Philistines and Goliath, you know the story, uh, Goliath is coming against them. And, and all teams face critical moments and critical challenges in a game or in a season. As a matter of fact, this last year's Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers, the 49ers were up going into halftime, and the Chiefs had to make key adjustments in order to win the Super Bowl. Now, it helps to have a really great quarterback on your team, in which they have, who made some really tremendous plays for the Chiefs to win the game. And I know right now that all my Chiefs fans are shouting me down in the comments, and all the Raider fans and Charger fans and all the other people are booing right now. But they did win the game because of some key adjustments they made. Sort of like the Israelites, they were kind of pressed up and they were uh, up against uh, just the challenge or this critical moment as Israelites. And, and they were all really kind of in fear and in panicking in fear. And, and it took just one warrior with a warrior spirit to represent heaven to cause everything to shift. And there are shifts that can happen in the spirit realm. If we as believers who are filled by the spirit will just shift with what God is saying and what God is doing, you can sense a shift in the spirit. These are the end times that we have entered into. These are the last days and we have to be ready to move with the Holy Ghost. We have to be ready for those halftime adjustments to take place. It all depends on how you adjust. 1 Samuel 17, in verse 11, it says, And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. 
I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people who are afraid. There are a lot of people who are afraid to go in certain places. There are a lot of people who are afraid to go to certain regions or certain stores or around certain people or do certain things. And, and, and it causes people to be in fear. And I totally understand because there's this, there's this invisible virus that no one really has figured out how anybody necessarily gets it yet. Is it by touching something or breathing something or being around something? No one really knows. And so people are in fear. And people are in fear for their health. People are in fear of catching this. And then sometimes we're in fear of really not knowing what's really going on because we don't know who we can trust and what information is coming down the line. Who do we go with? What do we stand in? Well, I see David right here. David was this little guy who was out feeding sheep. And the Bible says he was ruddy, but he was a good looking guy, right? And so here he comes and he comes and he's just coming out to feed his brother some breakfast and some lunch with cheese and stuff. And he's like, hey, what's going on around here? And, and, uh, but he had this warrior spirit on the inside. And it says in verse 37, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, go, and the Lord be with you. Isn't that easy when someone else is going to go out on the front lines? Hey, man, you go on with your bad self. Go, and <laughs> God be with you. In other words, hey, you go out there and fight this fight because I ain't going out there because I'm afraid. But I love David's spirit. I love what he, what he had on the inside of him. Come on, let's take this fight. We can do this. God is on our side. And then it says in verse 39 and 40, it says, David realized he couldn't fight with the armor given to him, so he took his staff and chose five stones. Fight with what you know got you there. In other words, don't fight like someone else fights. You've got to fight with what you can fight. And when he put on all the armor of the king and everything, he was like, ah, ah I, I, I can't fight like this. I can't fight with all this stuff on. And so he changed and he went back to what he knew he could fight with, which was his staff and five stones. And then in verse 45 it says, you come to me with sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, you got to call it out. Verse 46, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Sometimes you've got to watch what you're saying and you've got to be declaring and speaking what God's word says. And you've got to stand for who you are and whose you are and fight the good fight of faith. And I love David right here. He just called it out. All these other Philistines were afraid. All these other Philistines were, were scared. That, or not the Philistines, but the Israelites. They were scared of this, this one guy, Goliath. But here comes this little guy, David. And he's like, I'm going to take you out, sucker. I'm going to take you out. I'm going I'm to run over there. I'm going to cut off your head and I'm going to hold it up. And that's what he did. And sometimes we got to realize that when fear is all around us, almost like the Israelites, you can panic by what people say, by what the news is saying, but you got to know who you are and you've got to know who's on the inside of you. And you got to stand up and declare and decree whose God is on your side. So I got four things. Number one, repair. Whenever you go into the locker room, you go in the locker room at halftime, the players, they got to go repair some things. I mean, they've got tape on their ankles. They got tape on their wrists that has popped off. It's cracked. It's not holding anymore. They got, they might break their wrists or something like that. They, they got, they got shoulder pads that are all beat up. They got things on them. They got cuts and scrapes and bruises. And so they got to go and repair the things that are on their uniforms or repair the taping that has happened before the game. It's sort of like Right now, maybe some of you, you've got to repair some things that have been exposed in your marriage. You've got to repair maybe some emotions. I mean, maybe some of us, we are just emotionally a wreck. 
And you've got to let God repair your emotions because you've just been distraught. You have been in anxiety. You've been all over the place emotionally. You're up one minute and down the next, and the home doesn't know whether you're going to be upset or happy or, 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 or what's going on. And so you've got to get control of your emotions, and you've got to repair your emotional stability. And the best way to do that is you've got to get into the presence of God. You've got to let the Holy Spirit touch you. You've got to let the worship that you give up to God, let his peace and joy come upon you. You've got to repair repair your emotions. You've got to repair your marriage situation. And you've got to repair, some of you maybe need to repair your finances. And you've got to use wisdom in that area. John chapter 16 and verse 33, it says, I have told you these things so that you that in me you may have perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. In other words, there's a conquest. There's a a, a winning. There's a championship when you realize that Jesus has already won the battle. He's He's already at the fourth quarter and the time is over. And he's like, we win, we win. I just need to get you to the other side. And so we've got to trust him through our process of repair. The second thing I want us to talk about is the second thing is we got to refuel. I remember when my daughters played soccer, uh, we would go and all the kids would be running around, right? And I don't really know if they worked up much of a sweat. Sometimes they did, you know, they're just standing around, running around like this. But, uh, you know, at halftime, the parents' job was to always bring a bag of orange slices. And then the kids would come running and they would, they would come around and you'd open up the bag of, of, of oranges and they would get in there and they'd eat the oranges. And what were they doing? They were refueling their body with vitamin C to give them that burst of energy to get back into the game. And this is what happens with, and then of course, you know, you got the famous Gatorade, and you know, refuel, you got to refuel yourself. And they got those cool commercials where the liquid's one color, but everything else is black and white. It's all about refueling yourself. And, and this is what happens at halftime as the team goes into the locker room, they're exhausted, they're beat up. So they got to, they got to repair themselves, but then they got to refuel themselves. And so halftime at football games or basketball games or soccer games, there's, there's proper nutrients in the locker rooms that if you need it, you eat it, you drink it, whatever, to get your body back into the condition it needs to refuel itself. And I love what the Bible says. Now, us as uh, spirit-empowered believers, we know that there's one great way that we have an advantage in life on how we can uh, get ourselves to refuel, and that's called the Holy Spirit. You can pray in the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that you, you edify yourself. As a matter of fact, Jude 1.20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You build yourself up when you pray in the Holy Spirit or you refuel yourself. You fill up that gas tank. You get filled up with the Holy Spirit and then you can take you know, take things and you can walk in confidence and you won't be given into fear and you won't walk around depressed and you won't be mad, you'll have joy. All these types of things when you pray in the Holy Spirit. I believe that too many believers who have a Spirit-empowered life are not accessing the Holy Spirit in their life. We need to learn to pray in the Holy Spirit and to refuel ourselves like God wants us to do. We can rest is another way to refuel ourselves. A lot of people have rested and rested and rested and watched lots of things and laid around, laid around, laid laid around, but there's only so much rest before it starts fatiguing you the opposite way. So make sure you refuel in the Holy Ghost, refuel and get the proper rest, and then refuel in God's Word. Amen? 
Get the word of God in you. Get yourself encouraged by the word of God. The third thing, and this is one that really happens a lot in half times, is the readjustments. They go into the locker room and the coach is like, hey, guys, and he starts barking orders and yelling, our defense is blowing it. They're scoring on us left and right. We got to stop them. And then if the defense is doing good, then the, the coach is in there yelling at the, at the offense. Come on, guys, you got to score. You got to catch the ball. You can't be fumbling the ball. You can't have turnovers. We can't win a game in turnovers. And he starts yelling at all the players and get in there. But they have to make the halftime adjustments. In other words, what strategies were working in the first half and what strategies in our game plan are not working and we need to make readjustments. What has went well so far in COVID-19 for you and what has been a struggle? What would you say? I mean, when we first started this thing, Back in March 15th, I think it was, somewhere around there, there was like this uh, freshness. There was this like uh, anticipation and there was this unknown. It was kind of like the beginning of a game where you got all these butterflies, like what's going to happen? And I remember that first Sunday, we had our first online experience. It's like, whew, we did it. We didn't really know what we were doing or how we were doing it, but we made it through. And then we made adjustments from Sunday to Sunday on what we did and how we filmed and what, how we did things. And so there's this anticipation. And then there comes this lull that kind of happens like, Oh, wow, I thought we would be back to church by Easter. And oh, man, we're, we're into May and, and all these types of things. And then you can start getting defeated. And that's when you have to realize that you just need to readjust and recognize where we are in the game. What has gone well and where have we struggled? Has our marriage gone well or has our marriage struggled? Has our kids gone well or has our kids struggled? Has our anxiety gone well or has our anxiety struggled? Has our jobs gone well? And if our jobs aren't going well, then we need to get out there and start realigning ourselves. And maybe the industry you were in isn't happening. So let's go, hey, refocus. That isn't happening right now. So I need to find a different job and a different line of career in a different way and do whatever I need to do. If it's delivering food or, or, or driving a truck or stocking at a warehouse or whatever it happens to be, you need to do what you need to do to get things in line. And then the other area of adjustments is what I would say is in addictions or alcohol or drugs that maybe people have gone back to and have struggled with because you just get bored and you're sitting around sometimes waiting for this quarantine to end and you get into this, this stage of just uh, uh, going back to old patterns. You need to readjust and re-understand that you're about ready to go back into the game. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding to it and will overcome temptation with joy. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that you are well able, you're gonna have temptations come, but you can resist it. You can resist it when you trust in the Holy Spirit. You can resist it when you have a game plan. You can resist it when you make adjustments. Maybe you haven't been doing too good in the first half, but let's adjust. Let's eliminate those addictive patterns or what has brought them into our life so that we're not doing that in the second half. And let's not go back to old ways before Jesus, but let's press into Jesus. Jesus and find the Holy Spirit so he can sustain you and take you through. And then the last thing in the locker room that they do is they refocus. 
Prepare to go back into the game. Get your thoughts in line with what's going to happen next and how are we going to win? How are we going to execute? And How am I going to block that guy? Or how am I going to take that shot? Or how am I going to kick that ball the right way? And there's some great uh, movies over time that we've seen where there's been some great speeches. Now, I just want us to be encouraged in this moment as I show you this clip about speeches from coaches at halftime. Watch this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. You shouldn't have any doubt in your mind about what you're supposed to do tonight and about how you're supposed to do it. This is your time. Now, I don't want them to gain another yard. We gotta go out there and we gotta take it. Take their game and you shove it right back in their face. That's how winning is done. Team is something you belong to, something you feel you have to earn if we don't come together it's over and i guarantee a week won't go by in your life you won't regret walking out letting them get the best of it i'll ask you one last time to be the best that you can be play like champions win it's about heart it's about who can go out there and play the hardest it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're gonna be winners. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die, willing to take the hits, who's gonna win that itch. Let me tell you something, you don't let anything, nothing, come between us. On this team, we fight, and we shut them down. Because we can't. about you, but that gets me fired up when I hear those guys talk those halftime speeches. I mean, when you hear those emotional speeches at halftime, you could win. Come on. They're yelling at each other. It's exciting stuff. I remember being in those locker rooms at those times and just being inspired by those things. And I remember that probably took you back to some moments as well, but we need to apply the needs that we need to change in order to win the game. Whatever it is in your life, that's what they were, that's what they were preaching at their locker room. Hey guys, we need to adjust this. You can do it. It's in your heart. We can win this game, whatever it is. And you can win this game that we're in, this battle we're in against COVID-19. And we need to adjust. If I can just recommend, readjust some things, adjust some things and, and refocus, point four, refocus our thoughts that maybe many of us, including me, uh, thought it was gonna be a sprint. We were just gonna do this thing for, okay, 15 days, 30 days, 45 days, and it'd be over, and it looks like it's turning more like into a half marathon. So refocusing our thoughts into, okay, this isn't a sprint now, we're in a marathon, and we gotta pace ourselves. And just to remind ourselves that we're in this for the long haul. First John 4, 4 says this, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world, in the world, in the world. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Great moments are born from great opportunity. 
And right now is an opportunity for us to win, to get our lives in alignment, to get our marriages in alignment, to get our finances in alignment, to get our homes in alignment, to get our relationship with Jesus in alignment. Take advantage of these moments. Don't come out of halftime and get beat and just get pounded on in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, but go into the second half of this game and say, I'm going to win in my family, in my marriage, in my relationship with Jesus, in my devotional life, in my finances. I'm going to win because I got the spirit of David that we will win this because God is on our side. Now, if you're with us today and maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I just want to talk to you just for a second. I don't know what you think or what you believe or if maybe you've never heard, but I remember when I was a kid, I just was told, hey, if you're just a good person, you'll go to heaven. Can I tell you something? You don't go to heaven just because you're a good person. The Bible doesn't say that we go to heaven because we're good people. As a matter of fact, it says we cannot because of our good works, but it's only through Jesus Christ who was without sin that we can attain eternal life in heaven. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. I just want to pray with you right now, right here in this place, through this camera lens, into your home, into your bedrooms, into your, into your cars, wherever you're watching right now, if you happen to be in a coffee shop by chance somewhere around the world, that you can pray this prayer and know that you're right with Jesus. There's no greater time on the history of the world than to get your life right with Jesus in this very moment. We are in the last of the last days. And so let's just pray right now and just pray this prayer with all of your heart. And if you're in a place that you can pray it out loud, pray it out loud. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he went to the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we're going to come back on the screen, some of our team here in just a second, and uh, we're just going to give you some instructions on how you can get connected to our church, how you partner with us. We want to we want to help you on your journey with God. It has been great giving you this halftime speech today. Let's go and win the game. That was a great message today. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Listen, if you said that salvation prayer at the end, maybe you said it for the first time or you're recommitting your life today, we would love to help you in your journey. We would love it if you would text GC Church to 97000 so that we can connect with you or you can even just leave a comment and our team is here so that we can reach out and help you in your journey. We want to know every life that is impacted and how we can help you. Absolutely. So proud of everybody who made a decision in their heart today for Jesus. Just want to remind you, I know Pastor Rich did a great job today during our generosity time, but perhaps if you just joined us late, uh, we do have three ways you can support Generations Church and help us continue to bring uh, the gospel of Jesus to people. We have our uh, a GC Center Church Center app, uh, which you can download and follow the prompts there. You can text 84321, 84321, and then you just put in the giving amount and hit send and it'll prompt you. And also you can go to our website, uh, generationschurch.tv, which if you were at the beginning of our program, you saw our new flags with generationschurch.tv on them. So you can also go there and follow the prompts. It'll all take you to the same place. It's just the platform in which you choose to uh, be most convenient for you. So we're excited about that. Thank you for giving and supporting yes. us uh, during this season. Yes, you really like those flags. I huh? like the flags. They look nice. <laughs>
Uh, we also want to remind you that our kids' experience is about to start. So parents, grab your kids. Um, it's going to be coming on immediately at the end of this broadcast. Yeah, just grab them and, and just boom, set them right there in front. Watch it. We have loved watching the kids engaged with their own experiences throughout the weeks. People have been posting pictures of their kids doing right. worship and engaging with it. And so we just think it's a great opportunity for them to do that. So stay tuned for the kids' experience. My challenge probably next week, is we always see lots of worship shots of the kids dancing and running around, but I've yet to see any of those types of shots of the adults yeah, dancing and running around. Good. So maybe next week, adults, give the kids the, the phone and they can film you while you're worshiping so we <laughs> can good. see instead of just sitting on the couch with your coffee and your pajamas <laughs> and your jacked up hair. So uh, but give God his, his best as your kids do and we're excited for them. I also just want to remind you that our Zoom meetups are happening. And I just want to encourage you, if you're watching from anywhere around the United States and you've been tuning in and being a part of GC Church, maybe you don't see yourself ever physically being able to attend one of our locations, but you can be a part of our Zoom meetups. You can grow in the things of God and all the stuff that's happening and uh, just the different Zoom meetups that we're uh, providing for people. So you can go and get on our Church Center app and subscribe to it. And then you can just join any of the groups. And it doesn't matter where you live, you just uh, log in just like yeah. everybody else and you can learn and grow right along with us. So I wanna encourage you uh, to do that. And if you are part of our church, you definitely need to be in a Zoom meetup. It yeah. is our way of connecting and they have been really, really powerful yeah. and really great. Yeah, so, I really love them so much. Yeah, San Diego, by the way, at our San Diego location, Pastor Isaac started a new Zoom meetup on Wednesday nights called Happy Hour. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Pastor Isaac's got those cool little names. So, um, so it's going to be, a, it's a good one. I believe it's at 7 or 7.30 on Wednesday night. So if you're in the San Diego campus area or anybody for that matter, you can join Pastor Isaac for Wednesday night. Yes, so, but what else good. do we have right after this? Well, we have some after parties uh, in our digital lobby. People just hanging out, chatting about today. Yep. So we would love it if you would join us on Facebook on yeah. each of our locations. Uh, you can join the campus pastors as we just take time to connect with everybody following the experience. And we would love to see you there. So we'll be there in just a few minutes. That's right, that's right. So thanks for being with us today. We love you guys. We'll be back next week as we continue our series on essentials. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you.